Hi, everyone. It's Marilyn and Lori, and today is a very special story podcast. I am going to share with you what's been going on in my life, um, trauma, my relationship with God, getting down on my knees and praying and something coming true, and my connection to my soul, as well as some other things, puppy love. Um, but before I start, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a psychic medium teacher and coach, and I teach people around the world how to use their own instrument, which is their own physical body, how to see, hear, feel, sense, and know so that they can use these intuitive gifts to make really powerful decisions in their life and live a life they love. I attract people who are usually getting ready for retirement or in retirement, but they're not really retired. They're actually moving into their mission work. They're their job that they, after being on a spiritual journey for a while, they're just ready to write their book or write their second book and do a speech or share the, what they've learned or share with others things that they've gone through. So if you are interested in working with me, these are the types of people that work with me in Next Level Living. You can go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next and read about it. You can also get a taste of that class for free if you go to marilynaloria.com forward slash higher self. That's H-I-G-H-E-R self. It's, it'll be in the show notes. And then if you want to just get a real taste for me and pay a little bit of money, not too much, go to marilynaloria.com forward slash 10X, 10X. That's the number one zero and then X. Um, the reason why I wanted to share that is because I'm finally, after being in business for 18 years, got super clear as to my genius and my genius zone. And I don't know that it's that I got super clear or that I just moved into this place and it just feels really good. And I just did an interview this morning for entrepreneurs and we were talking about intuition and how intuition you can use intuition in your business and how important it is. And I was talking about the different iterations I've gone in my own business. And when you're an entrepreneur, you think just when you fall into something, you're like, oh, this is it. This is going to be it. This is great. And that's not always the case because you'll be doing something, you'll be selling something and then you'll change, you'll grow, you'll expand, or the market will shift, and then you'll change, and you'll start selling something new. So there's always bumps in the road, and being able to navigate those emotional bumps when you're selling something that is of your own, your own brand, it could be really scary. It could be very upsetting and unsettling, and you could feel like you're a failure. There is no failure, but that's what it can feel like. So I've gotten extremely passionate about helping people who want to live a, more of a life on purpose. And I don't like using the word purpose, but it feels like it's the only word people seem to understand. And the reason why I don't like using the word purpose is because everybody is so focused on finding their purpose. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? If I don't find my purpose, it's going to be horrible. And I have news for you. Your purpose shifts and changes as you do. Your purpose, overall purpose, there may be something like loving humanity, motivating people into their dreams, caring greatly for people and holding space for them. And you can see like a purpose like that gives you an incredible container to do different things with it. You can write a book about it. You could do a podcast. You could do readings and you could coach. There's so many different things you can do. So my mission is to help people like you who have a mission inside of you, but maybe you haven't been 
given confidence or you've been called a loser or you can't do this. Or if you do do it, you're afraid your family's going to turn your back on you or whatever the story is, right? We didn't get a lot of encouragement, many of us. That's why we're on this spiritual journey. And I'm here. My mission is to affect change in you to do what you were brought here to do so that you affect change on hundreds of people. And then those hundreds of people affect change on another hundred, the hundreds of people. And then you can see the domino effect of all this change happening. So my focus is the person in front of me. And there could be like 50 people in front of me and I'm hopefully touching every single one of them. But I get to see you individually. I get to see what your gifts are and I'm able to see your soul's expansion. So if you're interested in working with me, go to those URLs and check them out. They'll be in the show notes. I'm not going to repeat them. The main one is marilynalori.com forward slash next or marilynalori.com forward slash higher self. I guess I am repeating them. All right. Do I have a story for you? And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe, hit the subscribe button. I'm pointing, but I don't know if they're going to get that in the video, but point, please subscribe because we are building our YouTube channel as well. Okay. What does any of this have to do with being a psychic medium? It's so funny to me because I'm still on certain summits or part of organizations where I'm with other um, mediums that just talk to deceased people, right? And that is not what I do. That is not the only thing I do. Um, but I still call myself a medium because I feel like I'm a medium between this planet, you know, this earthly planet and uh, guidance, whether it's my guides, your guides, my guides are always talking to your guides or it's deceased loved ones. So it doesn't matter. It could be one or the other. And sometimes it's deceased people that come through or it's all different things. All right. Anyway, and uh, my title may change. It may change soon. We don't know. But I find it fascinating because you may wonder what this podcast, if you're like listening to a psychic medium or like, oh, why isn't she like talking about clairvoyancy or clairaudience all the time or helping us develop your gifts? Because the thing that develops your gifts the most is developing yourself. Let me repeat that. The thing that develops your gifts the most is developing yourself. I work with countless people, thousands of people I've worked with. And I am confident to say I could probably help 99% of them. Now, why the 1% for me are the people who don't want to change. They would just want to fight me on it. Now, I'm not saying I can change every Tom, Dick, and Harry, because if you're an extreme skeptic and don't believe in anything I say, you're not going to be changeable. I'm not going to be able to show you how you can see. But if you're someone who's willing and wanting to do it, I can show you how to see. I can tell you how to do it. So the reason why I share my personal story is, is to show you or to help you bridge where you're at to where you want to go. That's the main thing. That's what the woman was talking to me today. And she's like, can you share your story? Because they need to see the bridge. And I was like, oh, that's such a great way to say it. So that's what I'm showing you. So um, it's been an interesting time. And as I've shared in past podcast, uh, last the ending of last year was was challenging for me. I lost my dog, my beloved dog, my heart and soul. My dogs are my heart and soul. They're my family. I don't really like my family. My dogs are my family. And then I, I've already told these stories. You know, I had a lot of things happen, a concussion, crazy handyman, and then my mom passed. And my other dog got cancer. It was just a lot, big surgery, lots going on. And with that, like love is opening up and all these things are happening and I'm in it. I'm just in it. Like, right. Life is like messy and you're just in it. And there's like these good moments and there's these hard moments and then these grieving moments and there's these joyful moments. And then and in all those moments, I'm refusing to lose myself, refusing. I'm actually finding myself. 
So many times when people go through really difficult times, they forget themselves. They think, oh, I just got to get through this period and then I'll live my life. No, 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 no. Those periods are helping you live your life. And I feel I can confidently stand here and say that because I saw it more than anything in the end of 2023. Because as I was going through everything, especially the wake and the funeral of my mother, and I loved my mother a lot, but she had Alzheimer's for the past 12 years. I didn't get along with my brother, who was her caretaker. As I was walking through that, especially back in New York and having to walk through the wake and the funeral and not getting along with my brother and his, it was just horrendous, horrible. Um, and still through all those moments, you could say to me, how are you feeling? And I'd be like, I'm grieving. I'm really sad. But I wasn't like, I knew that this was part of life and I knew something magical was being born from it, but I didn't know what it was, right? And I never, you don't always know when you're in it. So I came back home and I decided before that I did a retreat and I decided before that, that I would get a puppy and I believe in reincarnation. And I'm pretty sure this puppy, I keep wanting to call it by my old dog's name. So every time I go around and his name is Shiloh, the new puppy is Shiloh, gift from God and peace. I'm still finding the peaceful part. And so I got Shiloh and I came home and fucking chaos ensued. Holy shit. Like follow me on Instagram at Marilyn Aloria or on my Facebook page. I did a video about needing group therapy. It's insane. And people like they tell you like it gets it's busy and it really disrupts your life. But they don't talk about what sensitive people go through, like the emotional part that you go through, right? So I'm sitting here going, what did I do? My life was so peaceful. My older dog is so trained, so easy. She go on the tennis court with me. She's just amazing, just an incredible dog. And then I've got this crazy little puppy running around. I got two cats that don't like, the cats are like, what the fuck did you do, lady? They're like pissed off at me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I do? What did I do? And I'm grieving my mother even more than ever right now. It's only been two and a half months and the grief is so palpable. And on top of that, I'm working on my nervous system with a therapist. So I'm going into trauma in my body. And I want to talk about trauma in a second because people maybe it's an overused word. Maybe some people might say trauma is real, man. It is real. And if you have not experienced trauma, I've learned something and I'm going to share the story with you. Then you don't understand how, why people react the way they do to it. So moving the story along, I've already shared and I shared on my Facebook uh, wall. I think it was like, I don't remember how many days after I got the puppy, but, and I loved him from the instant they put him in my arms. I, I loved, I loved him before that. I just fell in love with him, but I was sitting here going, what the fuck did I do? And I was entertaining the idea. I mean, when you, when you go to a breeder, a really responsible breeder, which I've never done before. It was the first time I did it. I don't know if I'll do it again. It was a great experience, but they, you have to sign something that says you give the puppy back. That's why those puppies don't end up in a friggin', they shouldn't because they go back to the breeder no matter what their age are, is. And I'm sitting here going, could I, could I? I mean, but I love this dog. How could I do that? This is like, I'm pretty sure it's Micah in there. So it's been raining buckets, absolute fucking buckets here. And I live in a hillside house and everything is mud and I'm trying to potty train. The first night I brought him home, it was raining so hard and I had to go pick up my other dog at the daycare and it was late and after hours and I'm getting Venus in the car and I'm like, there's a puppy in the front seat and Venus is such a cool dog that like, thank goodness. And then I'm trying to potty train him in the rain because he hasn't gone to the bathroom yet. We were just on a plane 
And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I, I bought this expensive potty thing to put on my front deck because it's the only flat land is the front deck. And um, I built, I bought this like 10 by 10 canopy thing for the rain. I couldn't put it up because it needs two people to pull it out. So my good friend, Bill, sweetest guy in the world, the one who built the lift for my dogs, came over and swung by and helped me to put it up. And then I put the tent on and I've got that set up. And the puppy, thankfully, has been really good. Well, somewhat good about potty training. It was raining buckets one night and he was having accidents in the house and it's totally fine. But I'm pretty good about the potty training. Like I'm not somebody who's like, oh, it's okay if they have accidents for six months. I know that with both of my dogs, you're able to shift that really quickly. So Shiloh, man, he's got personality like a mofo. Like he is mentally strong is what they would say this type of dog is. And, but he's super trainable. Like this freaking dog is smart, really, really smart. And so I'm like working with him and I'm trying to work and I have a sales cycle going on and I'm trying to sell something and I'm grieving my mother and I'm doing this nervous system work. And it is just fucking, it is so hard. I don't want to keep cursing, but it is so hard. And at one point it was last Friday, the rain stopped and I uh, texted a friend of mine that I play tennis with. And I don't, you know, it, it, I'm still doing this here, like getting to know people. We know I've been here for a while because it's a different type of relationship than I'm used to. And I was like, do you want to go for a walk? And she's like, yes. And, and she loves Venus and Venus loves her. And I'm so glad I did that because we walked along the water and she was telling me stories, keeping me entertained because I was really emotionally like, what am I doing? Like I haven't had a second to myself. I, I, I'm so glad I never had babies. So glad. And I'm passing all these people with puppies. So uh, Shiloh is playing with one of the puppies and I pass this other couple and they're like, like, how old's your puppy? And I'm like, uh, 11 weeks. And by the way, it's cement and it's safe. And I've already talked to the vet and socialization is very important for German shepherds. And I'm very safe with him. And um, we're both looking at each other like, what the fuck did we do? Like, what did we do? And they were like, we forgot what it was like. And I was like, me too. And they were like, is your sleeping through the night? Thankfully, Shiloh started sleeping through the night the second night I had him, thankfully, because I need my sleep. So I, I realized after they walked away, I was like, oh my goodness, I need group therapy for puppy owners. Like I need to be around people that understand the pain I'm in. It sounds crazy, right? You would think like, is this a girl nuts? And some people, because I put up that, I did a video in my car and a lot of people like, oh yeah, this is what it's like. So Friday night, I was like, I'm committed to this dog no matter what. You go through this like relationship thing. And some people may bond right away. I bonded right away, but then the bond was shifting because it was hard. It was difficult. And I'm doing all this other work on myself. And then I was like, Friday night, I'm like, I am so committed to this puppy and he's going to know it. And of course, I mean, this puppy's got everything, man. Toys, you know, and I'm, I have a different belief system around toys because I've studied with a lot of trainers. So I met with this woman who does, um, there was just an orb above my head. So if you're on YouTube, you'll catch that. I was on, um, I decided to do a puppy boot camp, and I did that with Micah and Venus and I sent them away for three weeks. And I didn't want to do that with this puppy because I didn't want to miss all that puppyhood. What was I thinking? But the boot camp is only during the day. It's a really cute training school. So I met with the woman and, um, she did really well with him with introducing him to puppies and, it, it was like, this place is clean. It's great. This is going to be great. So I'm doing puppy boot camp. So Friday night, I committed to him. Saturday, um, we got up and it was off and on. Like he was good and not good, good and not good. And I was taking him to the mall too. It's a very clean outdoor mall where a lot of trainers say go and the vets say go because you want to socialize the dog. And he's really good. But then he's also in the nipping thing and everything's in his mouth. And 
Um, and I'm just exhausted. I'm like, oh my goodness, dude, I need to eat dinner. I need to, I need a break. I need, it's puppy, puppy, puppy all the time. And I'm not one of these people who it doesn't like, just like let the puppy run around. No, I kind of, I have boundaries, you know, he's doing his thing. And I came home Saturday night. I don't remember everything that happened, but there was a moment when he got really sick about mm, a week after I had him where I was devastated. I thought something was really wrong. And I was like, I cannot lose this dog. I'm completely in love with him before I even committed. Right. I was, just, I was committed from day one, the moment, like I said, I want him. And, um, I was like, you can't do this perfect. You got to stop trying to do this perfect. I was trying to do everything perfect. Line up the trainers, watching puppy videos, having the right puppy stuff. You know, I'm going to do this perfect. I'm not going to make mistakes. Like I made mistakes with my last dogs. And I finally was in my carport where I have a lot of revelations looking at the trees. And I'm like, I can't do this perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. And that's what I said to myself. And I forgot about it. And then the weekend came. So Saturday, um, it was off and on and I was like, oh, so freaking hard, but he was good and gave me some time and I just kind of ate and watched TV and rested. And then Sunday came. And I got to tell you, the storm was so bad here. It was insanity, absolute insanity. And I already battened down the tent thing because I needed him to go potty. And at one point he wasn't going potty in the rain. So I was like, I need this tent thing on my front deck. And I went out there on Sunday and the wind was like lifting it a bit. And I'm like, but it's really tied down. It's good. And at one point I had taken off the cover, the top cover, but it was hell to get it back on. And I shared this in another podcast. It was hell. And I was like, I'm not going to take that cover down. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work. I forgot an important part of the story. Friday night or Saturday night, I realized all of this had to do with God. I realized that my heart is just exposed with my, with this puppy and even Venus. And I fear like, you know, losing them because I love them so much and we can't fear losing things. And I realized, I believe it was Friday night. I can't remember the time. Um, I have a very hard time with time right now, period, completely, because the puppy brings you into the present moment too. So it's like, what time is it? And then you look at the clock and you're like, what time is it? It doesn't register. So there was a moment on Saturday night, I believe it was, or Friday night where I realized, wow, this is about my relationship with God. This is about me trusting and handing over my life to God. Now, I don't care if you believe in God. I don't care what you believe in. And I started listening to, which I hadn't heard in a long time, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And the interesting story about Norman Vincent Peale is he started Marble Collegiate Church, which is a very famous church in New York City. When he passed or left the church, it went to Arthur Calandro. Arthur Calandro is my father's first cousin. Never got to meet him. So ministry is in my heart and soul, man. And I wish I got to meet him because he ran that church for a really, really long time. And it's a very famous church. So I started listening to um, The Power of Positive Thinking again. I read it years ago. It's a great book. And I could feel God in my body in my soul and I could feel my surrender to God and I could feel like the stop working so hard and trusting and believing and just being with God and through this I'm grieving a lot it's getting harder and I'm missing my mom and I wish she was here because we would be laughing about stuff or she'd be giving me advice about the dog. I mean, we had so many pets growing up. We lived in this railroad house apartment. We had the house, but we had the top floor. She barely said no to any animals. So it was like dog, cats, birds, 
chickens at one time in a friggin' Brooklyn apartment. My brother was hatching chickens from eggs and we had chickens in the living room. Um, guinea pig, hamster, gerbils, you name it. My mother was like, okay, bring it in. Um, cats were having, giving, uh, birth in the towel closet. I remember open my mother opening up and like, there's the cat. There's the giving birth. Oh shoot. You know, cause back then we didn't fix animals and stuff. So it, it, she would just help me with this. Like I had a thing with my first dog, Emmy, where I got in, there was a whole story and I told about, it. I told it in one of the podcasts and I was so scared. I was going to lose Emmy and because of what she did. And my, I called my mother and my mother was the only one I trusted. And my mother was like, Oh my goodness, Marilyn, what I went through with Hilti, don't worry about it. It's fine. And my mother was such a believer in God and Jesus. She, my mother, like I came out of the womb spiritual and my mother solidified my spirituality, but through my Catholic upraising with the Catholic schools, grammar school, mainly my high school was amazing. I have this love and hate relationship with God, or I had, I should say. And I've, and I've always been like looking for my way back home. Where is God to me? And again, like if God doesn't speak to you, I really don't care. Like whatever speaks to you, but it's this higher power, this higher energy. And it's the source energy that runs through you. So I was feeling this again, like God awakening. And this it's such a different experience this time around. And it felt so good to just surrender into that. And I felt faith and trust. And my mother had faith like nobody's business, nobody's business. And she taught me all of that. And there was never restrictions about what she taught me. There was always an openness an open-mindedness with her. And I miss those conversations. She was so beautifully spiritual in such a magnificent way. She was such an amazing, amazing person. And so I've been grieving her hard because here I am mothering a puppy and I'm missing my mother. And so Sunday comes Sunday morning and it is fucking gale winds. Like it's insanity, absolute insanity. And I have very little resource for anyone right now, except for my students and myself and maybe a couple of close friends. And that's it because I just don't have the reserves right now. Everything is being used up. And my brother starts texting me, asking me a question about something my mother left us. And uh, we all have our own little separate things. And I'm like, why did he, it was like the third time he asked. And I texted him back and I said, why are you asking me this? Is, is there a reason for this? And I thought maybe what me not taking action on something was affecting him. And he was like, well, I just want to help you out with it. Now, not once in any of the texts did he say to me, he wanted to help me out. He was always like kind of poking the bear, trying to find out what I was doing. And I said, I'm sorry. And he's like, don't get so like, whatever. That's why I was calling you. I just wanted to help you. It was that kind of a text. And I said, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you never mentioned that. And you've asked me like three times. And he's like, I've asked you three times. And I was like, go review the text. He does that to me all the time. He'll review texts. He'll copy paste them, send them to me. I was like, go review the text. But you asked me at least once, if not twice before, and you never said it was because you wanted to help me. I said, I would love your help, but I'm not, I can't deal with this right now. Um, and I said, I love you. Thanks a lot. I love you, but I can't deal with this right now. And I said, I have the puppy. It's a storm right now. And I'm grieving our mother really badly. And he comes back with, stop blaming all your life on your own circumstances. It's your fault. You made these choices. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Where's this coming from? Like, first of all, 
I didn't say the puppy was a problem. He doesn't know the puppy was like I was dealing with the puppy because we don't talk that way. He doesn't know anything about it. They bear, they don't follow me on Facebook because of what I do for a living. My one brother unfriended me years ago. So I was like, okay. Um, and then I was like, it's my fault. It's raining and storming. Okay. And I just wrote back and I said, look, knock it off already. I don't tell you how to live your life. Do not tell me how to live mine. I said, we should probably talk on the phone about this, but I don't have time right now. That's when he freaked out on me. I said, we should probably talk on the phone because there's like, for one, whatever reason, it was getting, and I never remember full on text or conversations. I remember energy. I never remember conversations. And um, he was like, I'm done with you. Blah, 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 blah. How dare you? I'm just trying to help you. I was like, dude. Take, take responsibility here. Like what is going on? I, I said, I said, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were trying to help me. I already told you, I love you. Thank you. But I can't talk right now. This is because if you, all you want to do is talk to me to help me about a specific thing. You're not calling me because you need my help in something. You're not calling me because you need an ear right now. You're calling me because you think I need help with something that I'm not asking for help. And now you're mad at me because I'm telling you, I don't have the time for this right now. How does that make sense? So he's like, I'm done with you, whatever. And I'm like, fine. And I was, I was annoyed, really annoyed. And I'm dealing with the rain. I'm dealing with like trying to get things for the puppy. And I come back home and the friggin' thing is like lifting the tent outside in my deck. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this thing to work because if I take down the roof, I'm not going to have it to help the puppy go to the potty. So let me see if I can make this work. And I'm, I don't understand the winds here. I don't understand how bad it can be. So I figure I got it done. I got it latched down. I go into the house, bing, bang, boom. The whole fucking thing just collapsed. And it collapsed in a way where it took up my entire front deck and it's metal. And it was bent. It wasn't even like I could lift it up and pull move it out of the, the front deck. Cause I have stairs, everything's hillside. And I couldn't lift it because it was like poking through every single crevice. And it was just a wreck. I have pictures of it on um, Facebook. And I was like, I went into complete fight or flight. And I was like, what am I going to do? It's raining. I don't know what to do. It's just me. I'm alone. I'm by myself. What do I do? I, we can't even use the front door now. What am I going to do? And what people don't know is I've had a lot of trauma. You may have had a lot of trauma, right? The initiating trauma is watching my father, not the initiating because there was ones before that, watching my father shoot at my mother and trying to kill her. And then shooting when he finally left, we couldn't get through the police department. It was busy. When he finally left, he shot through the wall. And my brother says he missed me by an inch. I remember it missing him by an inch. So I need to ask my other brother the story because nobody ever remembers the real story. So that's an initiating trauma. And then there's so many traumas from that moment on besides before that. And then trauma of 9-11, just so many traumas, right? We all have a lot of traumas. Not everybody though. I'm noticing some people don't and they don't react the way I react to things. But I react from a place of sometimes and I have to pause with fight or flight. Oh my fucking God, what am I gonna do? And it's very real in my body, my physical body. So I was out there trying to break it down and I couldn't. And I was afraid I was going to get hit in the face with the metal. And I was like, okay, pause, breathe. What are you going to do? You have to get this thing off the front deck because you can't even use the deck now. You can't even get out the door. So you've got to do something. So I texted one neighbor and he didn't respond. 
I texted another neighbor. They didn't respond. And then there's this amazing neighbor down my block. They're all great neighbors. I have great neighbors. But I'm always like, he's the one to help me with the rats. He's the one who just helps me with the thing. He's, he was a contractor. And I was like, oh, I got to text him. I need help. So I texted him. And within a minute, he's like, I'll be right over. Can you tell me what kind of tools I need? And so I took pictures of it. And um, I was embarrassed. Like, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to ask for help, but I will ask for help. But again, I'm going to this guy again. And I'm tired of being alone with these things. And my brother would probably say, well, it's your fault. And be like, no, it's not because I just haven't met the right person. So, and I have a lot of friends, but unfortunately they're in LA. So anyway, and I could probably, you know, I have friends here that, but everybody's like, what am I going to do? Call one of my tennis partner friends. We didn't do another woman. What are we going to do? We needed tools for this thing. So I took pictures of it and I started crying because it was like, this is a tough day. I'm grieving my mother. I'm dealing with this puppy. I have a lot of emotions around the puppy. Um, absolutely in love with the puppy. I am grieving hard, really hard, really, really, really hard. I loved her so much. And I'm working on myself, working on my nervous system, building my business, and I um building relationships with people, you know. And People need to know, like I was talking in this interview today, just because you're spiritual and you teach tools and techniques doesn't mean that life is always happy-go-lucky. It does mean in those moments you ask for guidance of what to do. And I did pause. And and when I texted the first guy and he didn't respond, the second guy and spirit was like, text Joe. And I texted Joe and that's Joe came over. So Joe came over with his wife, who I had a beautiful conversation with during Christmas and um, haven't had many conversations with her. And so she was down on the deck with me while Joe went and got tools from his car because he figured out what he had to do. And I was talking to her and I was like, her name's Jackie, and I'm sure they won't mind me saying their names. I hope not. I'm, I doubt they listen to my podcast. And I was like, Jackie, you know, it, she's like, I feel so bad for you. You're just talking about how you're finally getting the potty training down. And I said, it's just really hard with the grieving of my mother. And I started crying. And I said, I don't want to cry in front of Joe because I don't want to make him uncomfortable. And she's so sweet, this woman, like there's something about her. And she said, you know what, Marilyn, I was thinking about you. We got a puppy. You can't get it perfect. The exact same thing I said on the deck to myself, the carport. She said, we got a puppy when we first got married. We were both working. The puppy was, would come home. He would peed under the stairs. Like we just, you just can't get it perfect. And I was like, you're so right. And the funny thing was I have bells. I'm teaching, I teach my dogs how to ring a bell by the door to go to the bathroom. Actually Sunday, I gave him a little more space. And so he was in the living room and the kitchen, my upstairs. And all of a sudden he went to the bell and rang it. He had to go potty. And I was like, this dog is so smart. I never even taught him how to use it. I introduced him to the bells, but he doesn't know that it goes out but he knows the front door goes outside and he hit the bell. And I told her that story and I was like, but you're right. I can't get it perfect. So Joe came down and sawed everything up for me. He's so amazing. And here's another thing. A branch fell right on my car, like near my car, but it wasn't a heavy branch. So I got really lucky. So they left and it started pouring rain just as they left. Like God was there. Another orb. God was there for me. And I went inside and Power is going out everywhere around us, everywhere. 
um, we're getting alerts about what roads aren't working because trees are down and stuff like that. I mean, it was bad. I was down in town thinking, oh, I'll take a little walk with the dogs. I thought the three of us were going to blow away. Like I got back in my car and left right away. So, and we have creeks and everything near us. So there's flooding, you know, this, that kind of thing that happens. So I came into my kitchen. I went into my kitchen and I was like, I can't lose the power right now. We lose the power all the time. We lost internet this week. We lost the power last week. Anytime there's any type of storm, we lose power. And the lights are flickering a tiny bit. And I was like, I really, I can't, I can't lose the power now. I got down on my knees, down on my knees. And I prayed and I prayed to God. And I said, please, I just can't do another thing right now. And I know some people may be dealing with really big issues. And I get that. I get it. I'm in a house. I'm warm. I have cover. I get it. But different circumstances for different people is real to them, right? No matter what. But I get that I'm I'm grateful for like a lot of what I have. But there are moments in time when my nervous system is jacked up and I've got to work with it. So I got down on my knees and I prayed and I prayed fervently. Is that the word? Cause I'm learning how to pray. And I prayed to God and I said, God, you know, please don't let them turn off the power. Don't let the power go out. And the wind was insane. Like, you know, we're all the neighbors are all talking to it. The tree went down here, trellis, the whole trellis, you know, here. And we all like talk to each other because we're all have pretty much have each other's phone numbers to make sure everybody's okay. It's a really beautiful block of people, really incredible block. Even the neighbors next door, they saw my pictures on Facebook. They texted me right away. Do you need anything? Do you need help? You know, really good people. And um, the power never went out, never went out. So you may say, oh, Marilyn, the power never went out. Big deal. Okay. So I'm driving Shiloh. And Venus, Venus comes in the car with me down to puppy daycare and I'm going down my hill and I see one of my neighbors, many, many houses down. And I open up my window. And I go, how did you fare? You know, how was everything? He goes, it's okay. He goes, but I cannot believe we didn't lose power. Everybody around us has lost power, but we did not lose any power. And I said, I got on my knees last night and prayed that we didn't lose power. So thank me now. And he just kind of looked at me. Right. And I just was like laughing and I, he really nice man. And I left and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like that was, I could have written it off too. Like, Oh, we didn't lose power. Even though I got a text, like power around your address is going out. It's out. You know, you may lose power. And then for my neighbor to say, how did we not lose power? Everybody's without power around us. That's the power of God. That's the power of your belief in something. That's the power and the faith. So what I'm learning about prayer is one you have to believe that you deserve it, right? So if there's any feelings of unworthiness, I'm not good enough, I'm a loser, I don't deserve this. You, you have to address those issues. So for me, my family is very much, my brothers, I'll say, I was very much a representation of, um, I don't wanna say I'm a loser, but I would say that, right? I'm not worthy because that has been like a theme in my life. And even as a child and stuff in, in grammar school and high school, I, like I was a troublemaker and stuff like that. So I'm not going to get into those stories. It's not important. And you have to, and I finally have gotten to a place where like, I believe what I deserve. And how many times think about this right now, guys, 
How many times have you believed in something that you want, you deserved it? It wasn't want, you deserved it. You're like, this is mine. I know this. And you get it. You get it. It's happened to me so many times. The lead of Tina and Tony and Tina's wedding. I just knew it. Like, this is mine. I got it. I beat out over a hundred people in an open call. I had no acting experience. I got it. Lead in an off-Broadway play, equity play. MTV, got it. NBC Olympics, got it. You know, this house in Marin, so hard to get, got it. The house in Sherman Oaks, got it. Because there was something in me was like, this is mine. I deserve it. And I believe like all these dreams in your heart, you, you're, those are yours. Now they may look a little different, but you have to own the belief in them. And then you have to work with spirit to co-create. Now, the co-creation isn't always about do, 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 do. You definitely have to be motivated and have inspiration and take action. Because people who say to me, I'm like, they're like, I'm working on my abundance. I'm like, that's great. What are you doing? I'm meditating. That is not enough. Like, I want to smack those people upside the head. I really do. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? It drives me insane because I could feel the inaction and the the victim victimization some of them are in, like, I'm doing everything. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I meditate every day for five minutes a day on abundance. That's first of all, that's not enough because there might be some belief inside of you that believes you don't deserve abundance. So if you're not diving deep, doing real spiritual work, work, therapeutic work, psychological work, consciousness work, work like a next level living to uncover the belief that's working against it. And the thing that's stored in your physical body that you don't even know, that's why it's not happening. And then you have to take inspired action. And inspired action means not reaction. That's where the PTSD comes in for me, right? Don't react. Like the thing breaking on my deck might not seem like a big deal to some people. For me, it's like, how am I going to get this thing out of here? This is crazy. I have to use this front door. And pausing, not reacting, because I was starting to get out there. I'm like a, I'm like a dog with a bone, man, when I want something. And I was like, be careful because you're going to cut one of these metal pieces, not the orb. You're going to cut this metal thing and it's going to hit you in the face. You're going to end up in the emergency room and this is going to get worse. Don't do it. Don't do it. Pause. Take a breath. Just make a decision. Figure out what you can do. And that is what I did. And I was looking at it, seeing if I had the tools, could I unscrew it? And then I was like, text. So that's the inspired action, right? The pausing knowing you're not alone, you've got spirit by your side, God is with you. And then you take action from the inspiration. And sometimes it may be just sit for a bit and wait. So that is my story. And what's interesting is Shiloh's name is gift from God. And when I was um, deciding to get a puppy and I shared the story a bit, and I think I shared this and I'll share it now. I really struggled with going to a breeder because I've always rescued, 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 right? Now, here's my thing about rescue. I think rescue is amazing. Here's the thing I learned about breeders. Very responsible breeders want the dog back, which I already repeated, right? So, and they also vet people to some degree. And you're also paying, you know, for the dog and stuff. It's not this backyard bullshit breeder that's giving. I saw this poor little puppy. This woman was holding this little puppy. She was fostering. It was so tiny. It barely fit in the palm of her hands and it was six weeks old and she was out with it in the store. And I don't know if that's the best thing for this, such a tiny, tiny puppy, 
but God bless her for fostering this beautiful little puppy. And she seemed like a very caring, responsible person. So I, it, like, it felt to me like it was okay. I felt more bad for the puppy because that puppy was surrendered by the owners and probably bought from a backyard, taken from a backyard breeder at like four weeks. The puppy can't leave the mom at eight weeks. I wanted to pick up Shiloh two days shy of his eight weeks. They wouldn't let me do it. And they were like, no, this puppy cannot leave until it's eight weeks old. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. They said, it's really not a good idea. Um, so anyway, when I was deciding on it, I really struggled with this decision because my other dogs were all rescues and everything. And, but I knew after what I went through with health with Micah, I did not want to have that experience again. I want a therapy dog. There's a lot we're going to do. Micah was a therapy dog though. And, um, neuropathy is not is a serious thing, hip dysplasia, all this stuff. And I was like, I, and my friend of mine was like, just try it once, just go to a breeder once. And I was like, all right. And I was like, oh, people are going to give me flack to go into a breeder. They're just going to give me flack. How am I going to answer this question? Um, where did I get this dog? And I heard gift from God. God gave it to me. God gave me this dog. And this is before I knew the name or anything. I didn't name Shiloh until I had him for like 10 days or two weeks. It was horrible. I couldn't come up with the name. And I just kept hearing that. I kept hearing them say, gift from God, gift from God. Every time I thought about this, I'm like, gift from God. And actually it happened last week. I was out at the uh, hardware store and the guy was like, where'd you get your dog? And I said, a really responsible breeder. And he looked at me and gave me a funny look. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to say gift from God. Cause that's how they told me to answer. Where'd you get your dog? Gift from God. Meanwhile, now I'm putting it on a podcast, but it's not like the whole world is listening to my podcast. Let you share it. And I'm, I'm at peace with this. I really am at peace with this. Will I do it again? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I would go this route. It was a very good experience, but I don't know. So gift from God, gift from God kept hitting me. And I was like, this dog is a gift from God. And there was another story with the gift from God that I can't remember that was solidified it. I can't recall it now. But anyway, when I was looking for names, the names that showed up for gift for God, like one of them was Theo. And I was like, it was too close to an ex-boyfriend's name. And I'm like, Ugh, I can't do that. Sorry. And then um, I can't remember the other names, but I could not find a name that represented gift from God until I found Shiloh. And then I named him Shiloh because it was gift from God and peaceful. And that is my story. So Shiloh has been a gift from God because now I'm reacquainting myself with God in a way that I haven't felt since I was a kid. Is it a different God? It is a different God. But when I was a kid and really young, I had such a strong relationship with God and with Jesus and the saints that until it got colored with the nuns, you know, the nuns, um, and not all the nuns, because some of the nuns were amazing, but most of the nuns, especially in the school I was in, it was a very, very private Catholic school, uh, mostly mafia daughters. I was a cop's daughter and they were cloistered nuns. I'm talking serious shit, man. And I was not the kid that they liked. Trust me. Um, so it really messed with my spirituality, my connection to God, my religion. And then everything that I went through in my life messed with my experience with God. And I've been working on my relationship and getting back to God and what God is to me. And I know like part of me that was what happened Saturday night. I was like, I need to go back to a church. Like I've been looking for a church. And I'm probably going to go back to a Catholic church first because I just, it's where my roots are. And I, it, my experience of the Catholic church is not 
the stories that people hear. It's, it's actually a very beautiful experience of the Catholic church itself, not the people, the church itself, the ritual, the experience I have when I walk into a church. And I know the minute I walk into a church, it usually happens. I'm going to be bawling my eyes out. The saints, the candles, praying by a saint, lighting a candle. It has huge significance for me. Anytime I'm going through a major, major change in my life, when I was deciding to leave New York, I would go into this church, this uh, John, uh, St. John the Divine, I think it is. And there was this beautiful painting of Jesus in this private room with candles. And I would kneel there and I would just be like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go to California? What am I supposed to do? And I would get in the pew and I would just pray. And shortly after I did that for a couple of months, 9-11 happened. And that was the thing that catapulted me out of Manhattan because I couldn't take it anymore. So not the greatest way to make a decision, but it is the thing that made me make a decision. Um, <laughs> there's so many stories with that, but I'm going to leave that at that. So Shiloh, gift from God, is really a gift from God because Shiloh is reacquainting me with my relationship with God. Whatever it is for you is fine. So let me summarize this long podcast today. I tried to make it shorter. And hopefully my rantings and ravings are helping. I've always known, besides the fact that I'm here to affect change in people, the main thing is to help you to believe in the dreams in your heart. That's my biggest, biggest thing and always has been. And by helping you believe the dreams in your heart, you will hopefully... And if you work with me, I put a nice boot print on your butt with a heart on it. You will move forward in your unique qualities and be the spiritual, beautiful, amazing person that you are out in this world. However you do it, doesn't matter whether you want a business or not want a business. You're still a human being with a soul that is affecting people around you. So believe in what you want to believe in, surrender, but trust it at the same time, and then take inspired action. And most importantly, learn how to use your intuition, learn how to use your guidance so that you can be guided on this path. I had, when this woman interviewed me today, we were talking about how intuition can help you in your business. And it was a really good interview. Um, I can't remember the name of the summit. I'm sorry, but it's on my Facebook page. So you'll find out about it. Or if you're on my list, you'll find out about it. Um, but we were talking about intuition and talking about how you, when, even when you go against your intuition or you think it's your intuition and it goes awry, right? It goes awry. Things goes awry. And you're like, well, well they told me to do that. Why did I do that? And the reason is, is because there's a deeper learning in there. And if you tap into the deeper learning, you learn what you need to learn in order to move forward. So use it. And another thing we talked about, well, I'm not going to get into that. We'll tell that another time. So that's it. Okay. Believe in your dreams, trust them, have faith, take inspired action and co-create. And that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really would love for you to rate, review, subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel, follow me on social media, share this with your friends. I loved, it was something that this woman, Tanya was her name. She said today, she said, share it with a friend and let it go. Don't worry about if they listen to it or not. Just share it with a friend because you're just, that's just helping. 
and they get to decide what they want to do with it. And I love that. So that's Tanya. Tanya Penny is her name. Um, so thank you, Tanya, for that. That was not for me. All right, guys, much love to all of you. And thank you so much. Bye.